0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Pressure. Pass is picked off. And who is it? Big BJ Raji for the touchdown.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs which she said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein, except this week, unfortunately, we are back in our home bases, not recording together from an Airbnb kitchen. But the episode will be just as good because, you know, how do you feel being back in New York, Perry? It's nice to be home. For sure.
2: Um, not living out of a suitcase. Missed my cat. Um, but I miss all of you. I miss the friends in Green Bay cause it was just really a spectacularly fun, wonderful weekend.
1: It was. I'm already looking forward to being back there for the home opener on September 20th. Um, just about a month a month away. It not is. too long to wait. Mm-hmm. But we know that the Jets are in town, the Robert Sala-led Jets coming to practice uh, joint practices with the Matt LaFleur-led Packers before the preseason game on Saturday. Uh, So this week, we'll just be doing kind of a rundown of the joint practices, maybe talking about some players we want to keep an eye on Saturday before the cutdowns start in the next couple weeks, or I guess additional cutdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, So injuries.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, a couple happened, which I think are bound to happen in the preseason. And I guess part of the reason why players dislike joint practices so much is because it is a little bit of a hyper competitive environment where injuries can happen a little bit more. So unfortunately, I think the biggest one that happened today um if you're listening, it's Thursday, August 19th. So today, um, Carl Lawson went down, said he heard a pop in his Achilles, which is really never a good sign. Um, they're gonna, he's getting an MRI, but I, it sounds like the expectation is is low for uh, if he's going to be back practicing anytime soon, if at all, this season.
1: Yeah, and that's a bummer for the Jets, because he was one of their better additions to the team and obviously a really ascending defensive player, So frustrating for them. Uh, the Packers had some injuries on their own side, but nothing, I guess at this point seems too concerning. Devin Funchess was carded off during practice, but it sounds like he came back. Vernon Scott has a hamstring injury, but it sounds like he's at least available. Um, even if he doesn't play a ton on Saturday uh, A.J. Dillon was back at practice after hurting his calf. Um, Dennis Kelly, the swing backup tackle, things are kind of up in the air with him right now, not entirely sure what the status is. Um, but I think the biggest one that we kind of wanted to touch on was Jordan Love with his shoulder. Uh, Matt LaFleur made it sound like he probably was not going to be playing on Saturday. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think you know he needs those reps? Do you think he'd be okay to just come back and play pretty much the entire game against the Bills? Or do you think practice is more beneficial at this point for him than a game?
2: No, he definitely needs those reps. It's a real bummer. Like, this this is the time to get those live game reps. Um, he's not going to, unless something goes horribly awry this season, get them during the regular season. So um, he certainly needs those. I'm toggling between wondering if the Packers are just being, like, Superly overly cautious as they should be. And as their training staff tends to naturally be versus wondering if the injury is actually worse than they're saying that it is obviously hoping it's the former. Um, and, you know, if he doesn't play in one preseason game, it's not the end of the world, but no, I mean, he's been at practice and I think even just besides game time, real time reps, you know, he needs the film also to study himself and get better and learn where he needs to improve. So if he doesn't play at all on Saturday, I think it's just like a real bummer for him.
1: Yeah. And I mean, especially when we saw him against Houston last Saturday, he looked good. He did just about everything you'd want to see from him. He was completing throws. He was taking shots down the field. Um, He seemed to have more a precision in the pocket he was stepping up he wasn't scrambling as much you know I think one of the things we thought we might see a lot was him trying to evade pressure and using the his feet legs. Yeah. and uh, he didn't do a ton of that so he had I thought a really nice showing against the Texans so it, it is unfortunate for him that he was taking out but I think at this point I'm leaning towards the Packers training staff being overly cautious But maybe I'm just optimistic about it.
2: (laughs) No, I mean, that's likely true, right? If history has anything to say with how they deal with with this currently, especially a quarterback, I think above all other position groups, you're going to be even more cautious. Um, The last thing they would want is to push him, especially because he's not going to play this season, um, into straining the shoulder even worse and causing any further injury. So I completely understand. Um, I think the one thing that I'd say – just like to highlight is he obviously was not playing on Saturday behind, you know, the starting O-line and it says a lot. the, The difference between the ones and the backups in terms of the offensive line protection was just very, very clear on the field on Saturday. And I think part of his injury, and it's not to blame, right? It's football. Everyone gets hurt, but, you know, need to keep Jordan love upright and have him protect and give him time in the pocket, especially as a young quarterback who may not be able to make the quick decisions like Aaron Rodgers can. And so I just find it to be really, really unfortunate for him.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about that because, you know, obviously there's a competition along the offensive line. You know, there's certain players that don't need the reps that aren't going to get any starting time in the preseason. Elton Jenkins being one of those guys, Billy Turner being one of those guys, but Both left and right guard spots are up in the air, and up until last week, it seemed like it was kind of a three-man race for two spots between Ben Braden, uh, John Runyon Jr., and then Lucas Patrick. But then Royce Newman emerges as kind of the fourth candidate, and Matt LaFleur made it sound like in his presser that Newman was going to get one of the starting spots on Saturday at either guard spot, so interesting to me that you know as we're getting further along in the preseason when you kind of want to start figuring out cohesion along the offensive line we're adding more players competing for those spots so what do you think do you think it's a good thing that there's more competition or do you think that we should kind of starting or be starting to narrow this down
2: no i think it's a great thing i think you can never have too many good players on the field um I like that they're giving Newman the reps again. Like this is what preseason is for. It's for doing these weird rotations. It's for trying new things out. Um, it's for testing out to see you know what you want to go into to week one with. And so um, I don't mind that everything's a little bit fluid and up in the air right now because it's giving Matt Lafleur and the rest of the coaching staff all the information they need to make that decision for week one. And I have no doubt in my mind that even if they don't make that decision about who the starting five are going to be um, for the season opener until week of, that the Packers would be fine because this kind of rotation along the line is just been something they've been doing for the last couple of seasons. And I'm sure they will be prepared. Um, So I, I like, I like the fact that they're looking at the possibility of anyone and everyone playing at each position and finding who's going to be best where.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I do like that from a competitive aspect, especially knowing that when David Bakhtiari comes back, Elton Jenkins will slide into left guard and then you really only have one spot up for grabs at right guard. The only thing that I've been thinking about with some of this and Rogers had said it in his presser a couple days ago was, you know, for as good as Josh Myers has looked, he's also had some rookie growing pains. And I think that was evident against the first practice against the Jets. Um So it's, it's tough to me because I understand wanting to, you know, get your best players on the field. And if this happens during the season, Josh will have to adjust on the fly. But there's also a part of me that's like, okay, you have a rookie center. Maybe he is at the point where he needs a little bit of consistency or cohesion to know who's to the left of him and who's to the right of him, because that's going to be really important for him as far as making adjustments. I I do agree with that.
2: I think there is some consistency that needs to happen for the young guys, but again, I think no matter what, these are really good learning experiences because in the real world, in the season, you know, you never know who you're going to be lined up against on any given Sunday because injuries happen along the offensive line super, super often. So it's a it's it's a little bit I think of a double edged sword, right? Like you're getting some things out of it being this way, you get some cons out of it being this way, but again, I think between Matt and Steno, I think the offensive line is going to end up coming out week one looking just fine.
1: Yeah, and I understand, you know, the concern, especially because we talked about offensive line as being one of the most loaded position groups, and then they come out against Houston, and they just get manhandled at the line. Um, But I agree with you, and especially when David Bakhtiari comes back, and Elton Jenkins comes back, and Billy Turner wasn't playing. I mean, there were a lot of guys playing on Saturday that will not actually make the 53-man roster, so – for as concerning as some of those guard spots maybe were, I think the rest of it, like John Runyon Jr. taking snaps at center after never playing center, you know, those things will not be happening in the regular season.
2: No, likely not, unless again, something goes horribly awry. (laughs) Um, And again, I think it just goes back to like, Jordan Love looked the way he did even behind the non-starters offensive line. And I think that says a lot more about him um, than anything else. And especially, I think something you said that, um it's just such a bummer we haven't been able I've used that word a lot um (laughs) that we haven't seen him this week in practice because I'd love to see what he learned from Saturday right like not using his legs like you said actually going through his reads um hopefully putting some zip on the ball as Matt LaFleur would say but it does look like the Packers offense was just on fire the last two days versus the Jets um I'm not surprised because the Jets aren't that good. But and they're in first first year new system. So you have to give them, you know, some some leeway there. But by all accounts, Packers offense is really starting to kind of heat up and get in a rhythm together.
1: Well, and it's nice to hear things like that out of camp because we are knowing that. The starters aren't going to play in the preseason. They had 30 people sitting in Houston's game. We didn't see Aaron Rodgers. We didn't see MVS or Devontae or Alan Lazard. The number one wide receiver on the field against the Texans was Devin Funchess, and he probably honestly should not have been playing. It was right. like a men amongst boys situation out there. So it's nice to actually see guys like Robert Tunyon and MVS and you know, see how the offense is clicking against competition because we really won't have a sense of that until week one.
2: Yeah, it's a weird concept, right? I mean, I guess, though, that's what you get when you've been in the system for a couple of seasons and you just know what you have in your guys and you trust the relationships and the connections that Rodgers has with his receivers. And it sounds like MBS has had like an e- the best camp, yet he's in a really good kind of mindset in terms of where he stands on the team, his comfort level with Rodgers, all the things you'd look for in your wide receiver. And on top of that, everyone is saying his hands look good, which I know is kind of MVS's one Achilles heel, if you will. He he tends to sometimes drop some big completions, um, but he's made multiple. And I think you and I both agree that he's depending on how the season goes, seriously making um a case for resigning him after this season he's going to be an undrafted free agent in 2022 so if he does end up becoming even more I think he already is a key piece of this offense right he brings something that the rest of the receivers don't but if he can really get to even just one degree more level of consistency um, I think the Packers should snatch that up real quick
1: yeah and if he does have the kind of season that I think a lot of us are expecting him to or knowing you know what he's capable of his price tag goes up and not that you want to rush into signing him. If you're unsure maybe of what the product will be on the field, but you know, if the Packers are actually considering moving on from Aaron Rodgers next season, you kind of have to figure out where your pieces are and where you're going to be investing. You've got a lot of young pieces on the defense that are locked up or will be locked up soon. You have some pieces on the offense, like you have Aaron Jones, you have AJ Dillon. Um, you're hoping to have Devonte Adams but outside of Amari Rogers, who do you have for Jordan Love? So then, you know, if you can give him a guy like MVS, mm-hmm. all you're doing is helping your young quarterback by keeping some of those consistent pieces in the room. So I don't know. I don't. Do you think it either? I guess Devonte or MVS. Like, and or let's just open it up. Do you think any contract gets done before the season at this point, or do you think that we're going into the season as is?
2: I think that a contract gets done. I think the Packers want to get Devonte done as soon as possible, which they should, because if he gets even close to the open market, I think it's game over. Um, I do agree with you wholeheartedly that the longer they wait to extend MVS, the more likely his number goes up. So I'd hope also that would be something that, he, that gets done early on. But I don't think that there are any other contracts unless they decide to do something with Jair or Z. Um, Those are kind of the four that stand out to me, but um, I would like to see one of the receivers happen during the season.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. But let's, before we switch to defense, I want to talk about the tight end group just because it's been really interesting. And I think we went into the off season thinking that tight end was maybe one of the most loaded positions on the roster. Big dog was back. Robert Tunyon had a breakout season. Jay Sternberger was going into his third year. Josiah DeGuara was coming back and, I don't think Matt LaFleur loves anybody quite like he loves Josiah Deguara. Mm -hmm. And then you had some depth in Dominique Daphne. Isaac Nauta had looked good. Um, Aaron Rodgers' names dropped. Bronson Kafusi as a player that he liked, um, whether that's personality or, you know, the energy he has on the field, whatever it was. Um, So there's a lot of question marks, I guess, because Jay Sternberger, I thought, had a really nice day on Saturday night against the Texans. And then when Justin Outen was asked about it in his presser, he – didn't necessarily shrug it off, but he made it seem like there was not the consistency there um, that they would have liked from a third year player. So, you know, whether Jace is in jeopardy of not making the roster, I'm not sure. He's obviously suspended the first two games, but what do you think of the tight end room? Aaron Rodgers at one point said that, you know, knowing Matt LaFleur, he'd want to keep five guys, whether it's for special teams or offensive purposes. The tight end group is interesting
2: because, not all tight ends are created equal. And when I say that, I mean, there are so many, I think like the tight end position in general has evolved over the last like decade or so into something that can be really versatile. And the Packers have all these different kinds of tight ends in the room. And so I think it comes down to what kind of tight end Matt LaFleur wants to keep. And what I mean by that is, like, you think about Jace and, like, Robert Tunyon as the, like, more pass-catching tight ends, right? Like, Bob can block, right? That's why he's on the team. That's why he's so good at his position. But really, he's a he's a pass-catcher. Um, and then you have more of those H-back roles, which I think I'd put, like, Daphne in. Um, and then you have Josiah DeGuara, who's, like, kind of gadget tight end in like a very odd, unique way. And so, you know, where does Matt LaFleur want to go with the offense really is like my question. And like, does Jace, to go back to your first, you know, comment about the room is like, where does Jace fit with the types of things that Matt LaFleur wants to do? And I just don't know if we know enough about him or if he's shown anything to prove that he deserves a spot on the roster I've been low on him for a while, and I feel bad about it. But I don't necessarily disagree with Outen's comments. Right? He has like one flash. He has that one Super Bowl. I mean, NFC Championship game touchdown. But for the most part, he's been like fairly ineffective. And I know he's been had a couple of injuries, and he had COVID, and now he's suspended. But part of being a contributor for a team is actually being on the field, and he can't really seem to stay on the field. So I don't know if he'd be a cut candidate just because they don't have to make a decision on him before he's comes off of his suspension, but I don't necessarily like disagree that his role is in jeopardy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could kind of see him ending up where he was to finish out the 2020 season where it's, you know, they keep him, but he's at the bottom of the depth chart and he needs to kind of work his way up. And part of that, you know, friend of the show Andy Herman has been at practice and he's saying that Dominique Daphne has looked really good on special teams and if you're towards the bottom of any position group special teams is where you're going to need to make your bread and butter Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really feel like Jace does much on special teams he hasn't been taking too many reps there so if that's not a key part of his game like it is for a Daphne or or a Deguara because you know big dog don't do that to him don't make him play special teams so whoever else is in the room like you know it's going to have to be part of it and it doesn't seem like that's part of it for Jace. So yeah. it's, it's hard to see them waving a third round pick, but when you hear the room or the, you know, the position coaches talk about him, they definitely aren't as high as him on him as they were, you know, even last season at this time.
2: How could I forget big dog? I'm so sorry, Mercedes best blocking tight end in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking like after everything that happened with Josh Jackson, uh, and the trade, which we can talk about, we're about to switch the defense. Um, that potentially like Jace could be another sort of trade bait. And that's something that we've floated for a long time, right? Because, again, higher draft picks, no matter what, I think garner a little bit more attention from other teams. You can say, okay, he's a third-round pick. Let's see if we can eke out the potential the Packers couldn't, Um, similar to what they just did with the Giants in trading Josh Jackson for, I can't even pronounce his name, Isaac Yadam
1: yeah you got it that and was I it oh, <laughs>
2: um so yeah so obviously the defense as opposed to the offense is brand new with joe Barry, and so we're really looking at you know how does each position group look and what is joe Barry going to do with all of the chess pieces there um It sounds like they're starting to make some serious progress on that side of the ball, especially after seeing them go up against the Jets' offense.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the one glaring noticeable piece of all of this has been the run defense still. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, I mean, Kenny Clark wasn't practicing today. It didn't sound like Kiki was or Dean Lowry. So you're looking at like TJ Slayton, Jack Heflin, Tyler Lancaster, the bottom Mm -hmm. of the roster anyway, but they were just getting gashed in the run game, which, you know, was really the only glaring hole because the defense in its entirety looked really good against the jets. So there's been a part of me, um, especially knowing that, you know, Kenny Clark had a little bit of an injury bug to start the, the preseason. Um, Kingsley Kiki, if he's not back fully healthy yet, uh, Dean Lowry left, which is really rare for him. I don't think he'd have her like missed a practice. Um, if the Packers wouldn't consider whether it's Jace or somebody else um, bringing in some type of vet along the D line, yeah. you know, to start the season, because it just seems like that's still the one piece that unless they're at full strength, the depth there is not what you'd want it to be.
2: I agree with that. Um, I think Kenny Clark going down last season um, really put things in perspective of, and and by all accounts, I think the Packers did all right without him, but that's because they were dropping 40 on offense, right? So it's, it's easy to do that when offenses are playing catch up and not running the ball because they have to throw the ball because they're down by a couple of scores. So I completely agree with you. I think bringing someone in is not out of the question and might be a good idea. Um, And then again on the line, it really sounds like the Packers pass rush has been beating up the Jets offensive line, which you love to hear, um, especially because the name that's been floated out there a ton as someone who's been winning all his reps is Preston Smith. And we know that this is a big year for Preston. He signed a, a pretty legit contract based around his production. Um, So to hear that he's winning his reps, not only that, but against Makai Becton, um, it's just a really nice sign. I hope that whether it's rejuvenation, Joe Barry the pressure, a combination of all things that he comes into the season and looks more like his 2019 self.
1: Yeah. And one player that I don't know if, you know, we'll see a ton of him in the preseason. I would think we would, because I don't think Z or Preston or Gary will really be taking any snaps, but Chauncey Rivers is a name that since he's come to Green Bay has just kind of been cropping up as far as somebody who's like under the radar, does what he's supposed to do is making plays. Um, So I think that fourth outside linebacker spot is going to be really interesting as the season winds down. We thought it would be Randy Ramsey or the offseason winds down, thought it would be Randy Ramsey. He is now on season ending injured, season ending injured reserve. Um, so he is not available, but then, you know, with Tepa, Mike Smith said if he put on 10 pounds, he'd be a demon. Um, Jonathan Garvin, Chauncey. um, There's a lot to like, but it is, like you said, really promising that Preston Smith is looking as good as he has because it seemed like he was having a nice camp. He was getting some praise from coaches, but to see him winning reps I think is really significant.
2: Absolutely. And I hope that it's not, you know, too concerning of a thing, but, you know, Z did practice. Um, on Tuesday, he did not practice or sorry, Wednesday. He didn't practice today, Thursday. So, um, really going to need Preston and Rashawn. Hopefully this is something that doesn't linger into the season. Um, Rashawn did return back to, to practice. So I don't know if the Packers again are just being like really, really cautious, especially with their starters who they know what they have in, um, early, but, um, gonna need Preston to step up no matter what
1: yeah so before we wrap things up we have made you wait absolutely long enough to go ahead and talk about the young secondary Eric Stokes has looked incredible apparently against the Jets um has had kind of an up and down camp but that is to be expected when you're going against Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers every day so the fact that Eric Stokes now is looking good against competition um especially, you know, some of the wide receivers, talk him up, Perry, talk him up. I mean,
2: I'm not at camp, so (laughs) I only know what I see on Twitter. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think what you want to see in your young guys and your rookies is just improvement. And from what it sounds like, Stokes is improving every day, Um, learning game speed, you know, learning what it's like to go up against the best wide receiver and best quarterback in the league is obviously not, um, horrible for, for him. Um, and then again, he's, you know, they're rotating him with the ones. Cause I guess Kevin King, again, they're easing back in, but it's giving him the opportunity to run alongside Jair and, you know, giving him the opportunity to go up against the best, of the best. So he, um, was in there this week with the ones he actually, um, I think he had a blitz on Zach Wilson that would have been a sack, which just like there's nothing better than a cornerback blitz. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway that I have on him is that is what Devontae Adams said today during his press conference, because he was asked about what it's been, you know, what he's seen in Stokes. And he said that he has like a very similar work ethic and mentality to Jair um, in that, in the way he approaches the game and the way he asks his questions, the way he, just like prepares for practice. And so that's been really impressive to him. And then he also said that his speed and his athleticism is just off the charts and that it reminds him of Sam Shields. So if you're going to get comped by two Packers players, (laughs) um, those are pretty good comparisons that I think should make you feel really good, at least about where Stokes is headed in his development um, I still don't see them starting him week one, nor should they. It's why they have Kevin King, like unless for some reason, Kevin King's still hurt and doesn't want to go. But um, I just like that every week. It seems like Stokes is picking up on something new.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it looked like, you know, whether it was cornerback blitzes, whatever it was, Zach Wilson was just having a rough day these last couple of days of practice. I think he would have been sacked seven times on Wednesday's practice. Um, But yeah, Jair Alexander had a pick. So the secondary is really kind of picking up where they left off. Innis Gaines looked like had some nice PBUs, KB and Ento. Uh, Henry Black, we found out obviously on the broadcast uh, during the Houston game last week that he is a longtime friend of Tremont Williams. They've been kind of working together. Tremont's been helping him out. Um, So there's a lot to like in the young secondary. And I think that's one of the most intriguing pieces of or I guess the puzzle that is being put together in the secondary is, you know, where everybody fits. Vernon Scott has looked good, but then he's dealing with a little bit of an injury. So, I but I think it's all promising. I think it's all really exciting to kind of hear the status of the secondary, at least at this point.
2: Yep, a hundred percent. It. I mean, I think the other thing I messaged you today is just like the Packers' safeties. I should we do like, I know we're doing bold predictions next week, but like, I think Savage and Amos are about to be the best tandem in the league. I I do not know two other safeties on any other team that have at least the ceiling that they do, because it just sounds like they're everywhere and they're making plays and they work really well together. And then you have Jair on covering one side and it makes their lives so much easier. Um, and I'm just really, really, really excited for what they look like on the field.
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. And I think that's going to be the hardest part is when we go through our predictions um, to try and predict the 53-man roster with maybe no icing bet this year because that sucks. But <laughs> where we can divvy up some of those extra players, whether they keep an extra wide receiver, keep four running backs, keep six or seven uh corners if they keep four or five safeties. There's just a lot to still kind of sort out in these last couple preseason games. But looking forward to a lot of that on Saturday, Packers and Jets kickoff 325 Lambeau time on Saturday. Uh, but Perry, if everybody wants to follow along to your live tweeting and your takes from the game, where can they do that?
2: You can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein Fleet please follow the podcast at pwss podcast follow us at pax what she said on instagram and twitch and we are going to be back next week like i just mentioned we're going to do um some cut down looks maybe final 53 man predictions some bold predictions for the season so tune in next week for that
1: yeah, if you saw us at training camp, we really appreciate you saying hi last week. It was a lot of fun to be there. We're already, like we said earlier in the show, can't wait to be back. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I also write for Cheesehead TV. And then Perry and I are both with the Pack a Day podcast crew. Uh, so thank you, as always, for listening to the show, whether you are a new or old listener. Go, Packo. Go, Go Packo.